Good afternoon and evening, fellow non-residential and non-residential long-distance parents, mother and father rogues out there trying to stay connected to your kids. This is Chris Miller, the mother rogue. Uh, I started this segment with something called anomaly, because that's what being a residential, or excuse me, a non-residential long-distance parent, in particular a non-residential long-distance mom, is. Um, But dads are the same way. If you live more than a couple of towns over from your kids, um, it's just odd to people. I myself, as a non-residential mom, of course, get the stammer, stammer, stare, stare, which is everybody wants to assume the worst because my son doesn't live with me. Until I explain that my son has autism and that he goes to school in New Jersey and lives with his father because he needed the house and the school that he and the school system that he was in when I got divorced 14 years ago. Then it's like, oh my God, you're so amazing. You're so brave. That's such a great thing you do. I got to be perfectly honest with you guys. To me, it's not. Um, You know what? When I was 31, I told my ex-husband, who was then my husband, that I was coming off the birth control pill and we were going to try to have a baby. Whatever happened, happened. Well, my son happened. But the moment that I stepped off that contraception, I made a commitment to whatever living creature came about as a result of my doing so. Not to sound like William Shatner. And ever since then, I don't find anything I do amazing. I don't find anything I do spectacular. I'm a mom. Whatever it is, I sign up for it. And I'm proud to pay my child support and to hit the road. I always say it's going to be once every other month, but it's usually about once a month to see my son. There is just something that happens when I cross the New Jersey state line right after I head over the Tappan Zee Bridge. And there I am. I'm in the same state as my kid. It's like, and I think I've said this in previous episodes, or at least one, it's a part of me that I didn't know was missing that just falls into place. So let's talk about what's missing and what steps in to take the place of that kid that you should, or you feel you should, or you ordinarily should, or would be doing homework with and tucking into bed every night. Because let me tell you, when you don't live with your kids, you have a heck of a lot of free time. And If you don't fill it wisely, you could just end up sitting there regretting and festering over not being with your kids. So it's about 7.47, and I'm going to break in about two seconds and give you a commercial so that I can go FaceTime my leading man number one before he goes to bed. Um, I just tried him about 10 minutes ago. He's either with his uh, behavioral therapist uh, out at the gym, or he's just getting back from the gym with his BA and taking a shower. Um, So I'll try him again. He usually goes to bed around, oh, I don't know. I call him between seven and eight. It's just force a habit. But before I do, 
Um, and before I add a sponsored segment, because I'm really hoping that eventually this picks up, not just to help parents, but to earn me a few dollars, uh, let me leave you with this thought. What can you do to fill the gap that ultimately benefits you and your, your child when you're not head parent in charge? Think about that while I go talk to my kid. Be right back. I'm back. Did you miss me? Of course, my son did not pick up the phone because, or the FaceTime, because he's a surly 18-year-old now. Um, And even though he is autistic, he definitely has his own opinions about things and chooses when and when he will not talk to his mother. Um, The issue of when do you start allowing your kids to make their own decisions about when they hang out with you uh, is a whole other episode, and we'll get there. Tonight, we were talking and are going to talk about what to do when you're not with your kid. Um, Because like I said in the previous segment, there's a whole heck of a lot of time on your hands when your child doesn't live with you. Time that you would spend disciplining and making meals and doing homework or arguing about homework. Um, All of those things fall to the residential custodian, and you are allocated or regulated to speaking to your child for a few minutes or however long they choose on video chat or on the phone in the mornings and in the evenings before they go to bed. Now on that, it's important that you call your kids in the morning, both to you and your kids. Um, And it's important that you speak to them at night, find out how their day is. Um, No matter how busy I am, no matter where I'm going, Uh, and I run around quite a bit, um, I call my son or I FaceTime him uh, because I want him to know that I'm there. But after that 30-second to 10-minute, depending on how my surly teenager feels on any given day, uh, conversation is over, and I've told him how much I love him. It's just me. And occasionally, leading man number two, my husband. But most of the time... Uh, it's me. And like tonight I'm sitting in my kitchen and just thinking. So what do you do? Your kid doesn't live with you. You want to do something productive. Um, there are any number of things that you can do with the free time you have. Um, the popular misconception, and I always find this amusing among, among, people about long distance or long distance or non-residential mothers is that they left to find themselves. They left to party. They left to do this. Uh, I actually left so I could spend, oh, my weekends in front of a computer writing. Um, I do get in maybe three or four hours of yoga worth of yoga classes a week. Uh, I spend some time at, on my treadmill upstairs in the mornings, but mostly What's filled the gap for me is work. Um, And work is either my full-time job as a proposal development manager for the best life safety sales force in the fire protection life safety industry, uh, or read actively, which is my business writing 
business. I'm a medical, technical, sci-fi, science and finance, not Star Wars. Quite a bummer. Writer. Um, And I do that part-time to bring in some extra money. And I'm building it up to a full-time business so that I can work from home and continue to support my son uh, now and after I retire. Because I don't anticipate there'll be a time when he won't need my financial support. And that's as important to me as any other type of support. Um, So that's what I do. Uh, I write. Um, I do have a website. It's called The Mother Rogue, because autism.blog. And it talks about being a non-residential parent um, to a child on the autistic spectrum. And uh, I have a website, Read Actively, which is my portfolio. Um, I write. I quilt, I sew, I read a lot of books, but mostly I work a lot of hours at the office and I come home and I work a lot of hours on developing my business and working on my clientele and writing about things that mean something to me. Um, but there are other things you can do to fill this, this gap. You can set a goal for yourself of reading X number of books. Um, you can take yoga classes. You can go to the gym for an hour every day. Um, just remember to take it easy because if you stress out a joint or you injure yourself, you're not going to be able to drive to see your kid. Um, you can take a class. You can take a class online. You can, if you're so inclined and you have the skills, volunteer to teach a community college class um, or a, a uh, what do they call it, adult continuing education class, community education class. Um, my husband is does not have any children other than my son, his stepson, but um, when he's not working, he builds furniture. Um, so pretty much anything you want to do that's going to stop you from missing your child for or missing them as much as you do, for at least a few minutes. Um, It's impossible to live with that feeling of missing a kid uh, constantly. You won't get anything done. Uh, You, or you might, you might be super productive, but if you're not, if your heart is somewhere else, your work's not going to be as great. It's just going to be proliferous. I've learned that the hard way. Um, so find something that stimulates your creativity and your mind, uh, and benefits you, um, jog, uh, prep for, or run a marathon. Um, an outlet I have, uh, socially, I play role-playing games, AKA Dungeons and Dragons, um, I do that because of all of the adult groups I've run into. Um, D&D and RP are the one place where I can go and I get to be, so, to, I get to be somebody else um, for a couple of hours. But also, we're all nerds. We're all different. We're all, you know, we're all unique. Um, and 
nobody cares that my son lives 210 miles away. They care about how well I play the game. It's kind of refreshing because I really felt like the first 14 years of non-residential custodial motherhood, I had to constantly explain myself. And that scared me off of a lot of groups, especially soccer moms who would be like, oh, your son doesn't live with you. Um, if you're non-residential custodian and you're living long distance in particular, you, you really don't have a lot, of, lot in common with, you know, the school PTA moms or parents in general. Um, so, and you really don't want to join the meetup crew. A lot of, you really don't want to be spending your money going out to dinner with meetup every, every night. Uh, so role-playing was my way of doing it. Um, and that's, that's pretty much it. But there are other things you can do. You can systematically binge watch your way through every 80s television show. Um, my Gen Xer is showing on Netflix. You can, uh, one year I binge watched every black and white Kurosawa movie there was out there. Um, whenever I wasn't on parent duty or working, I was watching Kurosawa. Kurosawa. Um, another uh, year, same thing. I made my current husband watch every single classic sci-fi movie on video cassette, mind you, that was available. I borrowed them all from my father's library. <laughs> so there's a lot you can do to fill that gap. Um, I'm going to pause for one more minute to try my surly teenager again. Enjoy this commercial break and this wacky transition as I figure this out. And then I will return with some more insight on filling those hours when you're not on parent duty. Thanks and ha thanks for listening and hang in there for a few more minutes. Okay, third time on FaceTime and I called the landline, just not the charm tonight. Ah, uh, Gewalt. See, this is what happens when you have young kids, folks. They grow up to be teenagers and like I said, they have their own opinions. Um and their own moments when they want to talk to you or they don't. And you just can't take it personally. Um, you got to go back to whatever you were doing. And by the way, don't be me. Don't call three times and then, you know, hit the landline as a, a fourth. Like, set reasonable limits for yourself. Um, I usually, I call once, I FaceTime once, and that's about it. But um, I don't know. Some days I just really want to talk to my son. Some days I really miss him. So getting back to things that can fill the void uh, that you can do so that maybe you're not consciously missing your child every, every minute of every day. Uh, if you're a gardener, you can do yard work. I myself am not a gardener. Um, and I don't mow the lawn because my lawn is extensive. And because when my husband mows it, which he does on a ride-on mower, and I walk outside, not only does the forsythia, which always attacks my eyes in the spring, uh, 
attack me, but the grass jumps into the party and I'll be standing out there and won't be able to breathe after three seconds. So I don't garden. Um, but you can garden if you're so inclined. Uh, you can clean your house, you know? <laughs> um, the main thing that I've learned over the last 14 years is just to, to live around that spot where your kids should be. Um, engage your mind in other things. I'm not saying to not worry about your kid. I'm not saying to not think about your kid. And I'm not saying to not miss your child. There's no way as a parent, as a good parent, and if you're, if you're trying to find ways to stay connected with your kid, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're, if you're out there on the net on one of those, on one of the message boards, like I am about long distance parenting or non-residential parenting, then, then you're, you're trying, um, and you're a good parent. And if you're, um, there's no way you're, you're not going to miss your, your kid every, every day, every moment of every day. Um, but you can do things to kind of engage yourself so that you can let that, that missing part of you, that part of you that misses your kid fall to the background a little bit. Um, the first few years, that is incredibly hard. I won't lie to you. Um, and I think that I did publish the episode about the ratty green frog that uh, that my I keep by my nightstand. That the first few years I was commuting back and forth between Boston and uh, New Jersey, I just kind of snuggled up with. Um, and there was a month when I lived in New Jersey, newly divorced, that I was separated from my son. And I curled up with that frog every night. Um, but eventually, y- you set that aside as time goes by. Um, and you, you find things to, to fill, to, to engage your mind. And that's really the biggest part of it. Um, you want you don't want to do things that you can be thinking while you're doing them. You want to train yourself to focus in and, and you just want to find things that allow you to disconnect from that, that parent part of you and, and put it to the back. Um, and I got to tell you, if you don't learn how to do that and if you, you don't learn how to do it sooner in the whole non-residential long distance parenting gig, then later, you're never going to build a life for yourself. Um, now, let's talk about that. Why is it important to build a life for yourself? You're a parent. That's what you are. You made this commitment. It should be all about your kids. Um, because the fact is, and this is for good or for ill, um, non-residential custodian has a lot of the control and a lot of the power in, in, in a parenting, co-parenting relationship. And even if you want to be there every day, um, you, and, and want to be an active part of your kid's life every day and, and have a kind of co-parenting relationship where you can, eventually you got to let the other parent go. So, so you do have to step aside, um, a little bit. Um, and it's important that your kids see you having a good life when they're 
not around. Because if you do, if you have things that you do when they're not there that are rewarding um, and engaging, you have stories to tell them when you do see them. Um, And if you're happy in your life without them, which took me a long time to realize that, hey, I could be, I didn't think I was allowed to be, um, they will see that. And because you will be happier in your life with them. Um, you will bring that sense of fulfillment and that sense of adventure and all those great things you did watching a TV show or, or sewing or writing uh, to the table when you pick them up and go spend the weekend with them. Um, or when you, when you drive to, to wherever you're going to see them. Um, I always have these great stories to tell my son when I pick him up about you know, the the traffic on the Merit or what Boston is like or the latest role-playing game I played. Um, and it, I'm happy. So, well, <laughs> I'm as happy as I can be in being a non-residential parent and a non-residential mom who lives 10, 210 miles away from her kid. Um, but I tell him these stories and we exchange stories about the role, the, the video games that he's played. And he asks me, how's it, how it, how's it going? And I tell him, well, I did this and this and this. And he's like, well, how is this meeting? And, but that's the thing. Um, I have stories to tell him. I have things that I can do with him because whenever I, whenever I do something where I am, where I'm at uh, in Massachusetts, whether it be going to Walden Pond or, reading a book or seeing a movie, uh, I always come up with a new idea of something I can do with him. So, hey, I want to take you to see this. Um, there's this really, you know, there's Walden Pond in, in Massachusetts. Is there something similar, a, a historical author site in New Jersey that we can go see? Um, I saw this really great movie. What movie should we see? So everything I, I do and everything you do Um, all of that feeds back into and builds a, builds a a better experience when you're with your, when you're with your kids, when you're live and in-person parent. Um, and that's important. You are allowed to be human. Took me a long time to learn this, so please don't repeat my mistakes. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel, oh, don't. Don't get so attached to missing your kids and feeling like you're not there that you forget yourself. Um, You're allowed to have a life. You're allowed to have a life outside of your kids. You really don't have any choice because they don't live with you. Um, And you're allowed to be happy and not feel guilty for being happy and doing things for yourself when you can't be with your kids. Um, I'm going to close with the message that I always, I always give you that I always say, um, think about it from your child's perspective. If you're miserable without them and they know you're miserable without them, how are they going to feel about that? You want them to know that you miss them and that you're always there for them. And you want to pick up the phone every time they call. Um, but you also want them to know that you're happy. Kids are just as concerned about your happiness as you are about theirs. Um, 
And you don't want them feeling guilty because they chose not to hang out with you one weekend or because you couldn't get there one weekend or um, they're, they don't live with you. You don't want them carrying that. Um, so, but anyway, that's my two cents for this week. Uh, signing off from Boston's Metro something or other area, the Merrimack Valley in uh, Massachusetts. See you next week, fellow rogues. Keep on trucking.